Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The latest from batshit bonkers Britain. Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And a very warm welcome to the Katie Hopkins Show on Friday, the 5th of January. You guys made it through the first week of the year here at TNT Radio. It is Funny Fanny Friday, which you'll know means anything goes. Coming up on the show today, we're talking Where's Wally? Lovely Mark is MIA, last seen getting on a train 16 hours ago, not been seen since. A question for you, do you know what derogation is? We're finding out later in the show, and Epstein, Amos Miller, and British Airways Southern Deaths. Sudden, not Southern, Sudden Deaths, yes. If we get through all that lot, it will be a miracle, but you know what to do, good people. I may be in the driving seat, but you are the engine for this show here is how you join the conversation katie hopkins wants you to chat to her just go to tntradio.live hit chat and join your family chatting away we're on the highway to freedom where listeners drive the show today's news talk radio tnt that's got better that was quite good that time i've been practicing my lips don't do that anymore there we are anyway get over myself uh good morning good evening wherever you are on the tnt planet practicing my lips don't do that anymore there we are anyway get over myself uh good morning good evening wherever you are on the TNT planet. And welcome to the Katie Hopkins show here at TNT Radio. If you're a regular on this show, you'll know that today is Funny Fanny Friday, which essentially just means that anything goes. Listeners can do what they want. If you join us on the chat, uh, I really advise it because it's kind of like a parallel path to the show. If you get bored with what I'm saying, there's always something much more interesting on there. And we've had a bit of an educational this week. So we go through this process. You just go to TNT Tango November Tango Radio Live, and then you click on my nose, and if you click on my nose, amazing things happen. <laughs> no, click on my nose, and then you'll see a red circle appear. It's basically going through the back of the wardrobe in *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*. Yeah, except I am the lion, I am the witch, and I'm and I'm going to show you my wardrobe. It's a quote for the ages. <laughs> anyway, go through the back of the wardrobe into the chat room and you'll be astounded by the plethora, thank you very much, good word, of information available to you. So onto TNT Radio, find my nose, hit the chat, and there you are. The line, the witch and the wardrobe is yours for the taking. So question to Tribe as we start the show. Um, if you are watching in glorious Technicolor and you see me looking down, I'm not just like mindlessly scrolling through idiot women doing their makeup on Instagram. I promise you, Jesus, I do not know how women spend so long doing so little, showing how to paint your face. Is that really... Is that is that the pinnacle of you? I mean, not to put anyone down, because obviously time is tough and whatever gets you through the day. But is showing people how you paint your face, you know, is that the best we've got to offer? And the thing with these trouts, that's code speak for ladies, um, lobsters and pearls. Yeah. If you don't know 
what people are talking about. I am only dressed in two lobsters, obviously sizable ones, and pearls. I know, naked from the waist down. That's <laughs> how we go into Funny Fanny Friday here. It's the sort of radio presenter I am. Just two lobsters clamped to my nipples, a set of pearls, and a, well, a, a lower region that is a blessing to humanity. So if you're not watching Envision, I'm just going to say you're missing out because I am quite the vision today. But anyway, women just painting their faces. I mean, the thing about these women as well, excuse my hair, is that um, they're young, you know, which is marvellous, isn't it? Never knock young, never knock youth and never be jealous of it either. You know, just marvel at it, marvel at the skin elasticity. But you have these jolly, beautiful young people who are beautiful already and then painting their faces with at least four inches of what appears to be house paint. And then this very dark stripe that they put on in order to what they call contour their faces. I mean, why? Why bother? That's half an hour of your life you're never getting back. You look great anyway. And who wants to meet a contoured face? I don't know. They all look terrific and that's marvellous. But come on, girls, we've got more to do than paint our faces. So we have um, a small issue currently is that we've lost Lovely Mark. If you don't know Lovely Mark or you've not been on the road or not come to one of my tour dates, I suppose the question is, what sort of supporter are you? Um, but the bigger question is, where's my husband? Now, there are some theories. Uh, the children think he may finally have seen sense and run off. I'm not altogether. Uh, that's not, a, you know, that is not outside the realm of possibility. What happened? Ah, we've got someone here. Oh, God, poor you, Asat. Is it Asani? So someone is joining us on Tribe for the first time. Be careful, darling, because it's like a tidal wave of love you're about to feel. Uh, it can be a little overwhelming. There's a tsunami of welcomes coming your way. <laughs> so uh, new people joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always great to get new listeners uh, here on Tribe, particularly if you're ladies, you know, <laughs> flying the flag for women all the time. Um, welcome, welcome. Lovely to have you here. Do remember, you know, lots of other presenters here at TNT, lots of other options other than me. And also remember that we just have this agreement here that we don't have to agree. You can think whatever the hell you want and still listen to each other, hear each other's point of view, even if you're outraged. You can be outraged. It's fine. Be outraged. You just have to own your outrage. Do you know what I mean? If you're offended, brilliant. Brilliant. Be offended. But, you know, stay with us. Say, I am offended and I am outraged. And then stay with us. You know, own all of it. Like me, when I'm being a complete idiot. Own that. Own all of it. And it's perfect then, isn't it? It's fine to be offended if you're willing to own it. Don't be offended and say, buy me, and then try and make it my problem to make you feel better. That's not how offence was ever intended. It's yours. Do what you want with it, but don't ask me to make it better. Anyway, back to the story of the morning, which is that we've lost my husband. So he was last seen getting on, this isn't serious, by the way, there's no, don't, don't, you don't need to, you know, concern yourselves. Um, I mean, more than you should. He was last seen getting on a train from London. So what happened was I let him out. You know, I thought that was a mistake. Usually I keep him handcuffed to the desk where he organises tour dates 
and does things like persuade female tour theatre managers. It's a great idea to book Katie Hopkins. <laughs> I let him off. I took the key from my hiding place, which most men will never find. <laughs> I unhandcuffed. Oh, I've got a frog in my throat. <laughs> I unhandcuffed lovely Mark and I let him go to London, unsuper unsupervised, to meet his twin sister who's over from Australia another of the continents from which I'm banned, as you know, and he's never returned. That's it. He didn't take an overly large bag. He did take his toothbrush. So maybe he's never coming back. Anyway, that train journey should take approximately two or three hours. Uh, he has been on a train now. This is not a word um, of a lie. Let me just check in on the time, which I should know because I'm doing my radio show, eight o'clock. So he got on a train yesterday in London at 5 p.m. So 6, 7, 8, 12, 13, 14, 15 hours ago, lovely Mark got on a train. <laughs> Let me give you an update. <laughs> Waiting at Bristol now. Hope radio goes well. <laughs> so he's still <clears throat> a good hour from home. Uh, 15 hours on the rail network. So last night, somewhere, the train hit something or someone. And then after like eight hours, the police boarded the train. It's supposed not to be a suicide because all my family were immediately like selfish bastards killing themselves in front of trains. Why don't they kill themselves somewhere else? But it turns out it's thought it's not a suicide. How do you know? I mean, maybe they were tied to the tracks. The train hits a person and it's not a suicide. It's a crime scene. And now the whole train is a crime scene. Lovely Mark is caught up in a crime scene. And then I was doing terrifically unhelpful things. Let me just uh, read you a, a small sample of how annoying it is. Oh, he's on, uh, he's on a Penzance train now. <laughs> down to the West Country. So he told me um, that he's now at a crime scene. This was in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, how exciting. Pretend you're in an episode of Endeavour. Play loud opera music and imagine B-roll of the Oxford skyline. <laughs> Can you even imagine how annoying it is to be me? No, to be lovely Mark married to me on a train. You've been eight hours waiting and all your wife has to say is, oh, imagine you're in a, a crime series and play opera loudly. I am that annoying. Yes, sorry for people asking. Um, lovely Mark is the husband and now he's on a train to Cornwall, which means he should be he should be coming into the area relatively soon. He'll arrive back at this home a mess of a man needing to be regenerated by moi. After the show, I will make a hot water bottle as a token of my infection. Infection? <laughs> That's the most Katie Hopkins thing I ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> I will make a hot water bottle as a token of my infection. <laughs> Sorry, what was happening then, not to explain away, I don't actually have an infection at present. Well, not one that I know of. I mean, I've had a variety over time. <laughs> I had scabies. Did I tell you this? 
Oh, God. What was I doing at the time? I think I told you guys, didn't I? I was a bar. I was the bar trollop on Lundy Island. And I went to a festival and did some dastardly deeds that resulted in me getting scabies of the mouth. <laughs> and I, I think I've told you guys this. I have um, I had pustulating blisters going from the side of my mouth down to my chin. And yet I still turned up for my shifts in the bar. <laughs> anyway, I don't currently have an infection that I know of. But I will make lovely Mark hot water bottle as a token of my affections. <laughs> someone suggesting it was probably the immigrant stealing copper cable. No, I think it was a mafia thing. I think someone may have been tied to the train lines, had all their limbs severed. I don't know. I'm making that up, obviously, for fun. Anyway, lovely. Uh, where's Wally? So lovely Mark, MIA. Uh, and today we had loads of stuff. We've got so much to talk about today, uh, including I know what we're going to do. We're going to just quickly do, before the commercial break, a linked story on suicides. Let me tell you this. Now, my view is, I think this is wrong. Can you tell me on Tribe your view, please? Golden Gate Bridge. You know Golden Gate Bridge? You know it? San Fran. I've run over it a multitude of times. I've been across it. I've been up it. It's nothing I haven't done uh, on the Golden Gate Bridge. Well, guess what? So people love to go up there and throw themselves off as is everyone's right, I think. You want to commit suicide, you're in San Fran. It's not surprising because San Fran is a hellhole, courtesy of the absolute dick that runs California. Gavin Newsom is absolute trash hole. So around 2,000 people known to have jumped to their deaths from the Golden Gate Bridge since it opened in 1937. That's a fair old rate of jumps. Um... And so for decades, the families of people who committed suicide have asked for a solution to this. Well, I'm sorry, but the solution to suicide doesn't sit with the Golden Gate Bridge, does it? It's not the thing, the thing people jump off that's at issue, is it? It's like the train lines. It's not the train line that's the issue in the person's life, is it? You know what I mean? It's not the bottle of pills that's the issue, unless you're addicted to ketamine. The issue is that you need to commit suicide because your life's so crap, presumably because your family have been a bit shit as well. I'm just saying. So they've gone up to the Golden Gate Bridge. Now they've put a bloody net around it. A suicide deterrent system known as the net, capital T, capital N, has been installed around 95% of the 1.7 mile. Yeah, it's no joke, this bridge. It's massive. The purpose of the net is to reduce the number of deaths associated with individuals jumping off the bridge. Oh, brilliant. So your life's not shit enough. So you decide, right, that's it, I've had enough. San Fran's a shithole, Gavin Newsom's a twat. I'm gonna kill myself, marvellous. You get all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge and I can tell you that's a sweaty endeavour. That's a good run, even for me. You get there, you stand on the edge, chuck yourself off because you're like, right, that's it, I'm done. And then you get caught by a buggering net. I mean, it's not a bug, you know, you don't get buggered by the net, but you know what I mean? So you get caught by a net. Now you're even shit at suicide. You know what I mean? You're so shit at life, you can't even do death. Because some administrative bureaucratic pillock has put a net there. Now you're a suicidal maniac 
dangling on a net with your arse out. I'm not saying that you commit suicide with your arse out. Why can't we just let people get on with their lives and by the same token, get on with their deaths? Anyway, many more Funny Fanny Friday stories coming up. You can say suicide's not funny, Katie. Yes, you can say that, but then you'd be a patronising bastard because obviously I know that already. Don't go anywhere during this commercial break or I'll hunt you down and break your legs. My name is Katie Hopkins and this is TNT Radio. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative. And she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around. So that's not really taking off the way they want to either. Then she said something very interesting. She said, you know what? When the water crisis comes, people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water. And if you don't have water for a few days at a time, you'll know all about it. So maybe, you know, we're hypothesizing a little bit about what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a World Economic Forum type narrative. Could this be what it is? Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, Cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com
Wow. Katie Hopkins on today's News Talk Radio. Wow. Katie Hopkins. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. TNT. (laughs) Wow. That's my soft porn intro. Do you like it? (laughs) Oh, my lordy lord. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. It's me here, Katie Hopkins, dressed only in lobsters and pearls. (laughs) at the TNT chat on um, Funny Fanny Friday. Uh, Thank you to everybody joining us. Awesome to see you all uh, chatting away on Tribe. Um, And you'll know if you know me that my absolute heart of everything that I do is about the audience finding each other, you know. And my very favourite thing about being on the road and my very favourite thing about doing the shows that I do is looking at people when they walk. So I'm often backstage somewhere looking at the audience coming into the room. So 2000 people walking down, you know, the theatre aisles, looking and going, holy dooly, like, oof, you see, it, makes, it sets me off because um, you see their faces just kind of, wait a minute. So this is, this is here. This is happening. There's all of us. And the great thing is that none of these people are the same, same, same. They don't think the same. They don't believe the same. They believe different things. Hot gay guys, sturdy lesbians, all sorts of people coming in and just going, oh, my days. This place is here. All these people are here. And some of them travel for hours and hours and hours to be there. And that's the key. And that's why Tribe matters. That's why the chat matters, because that's what you are. When you look around in chat, You are so many from all parts of the world. And behind each one person on here is another thousand people who just want everyone to be okay and just want everyone to be as free as they can be. And I can feel it. 2024 is going to be our year. I can feel everywhere I go. Yesterday at the, the, what do you call them? Cash, not, hold on, what do you call them where you pay? Checkout, that's it. At the checkout, this man goes, uh, he's checking me out. Not as in checking me out, you know, in my lobsters and pearls. He's checking me out, as in checking my, yes. Okay, you all got it a long time ago. Fine. He's checking out my, and he goes, uh, are you, am I right in thinking? Beep, beep. I'm just giving you the impression of him scanning my goods. Beep, beep, beep. There you go. I just, you know, you know, give you the full sense. Do you know me telling a story? Beep. You get the point. And he goes, am I right in thinking that you're a journalist? And I was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, typical of me, like doesn't want to take doesn't want to take credit for actually being a legitimate thing. You know, I have to kind of mock myself or put myself down because I'm no good at, you know, handling anything that might involve me being recognized as an actual person. So I was like, um, yes, that yes, you could say that. <laughs> Bear in mind, I've got makeup halfway down my face because I just took the lions walking on the beach and it was that we're, we're currently underwater here in the UK. So I look like a rat bag. Anyway, beep. Uh, and and uh, so I just left it at that and left the silence, which is incredible for me because, you know, as you can tell, I'm not great with silence. Beep. And he goes, is it true? Beep. Beep. Packing my stuff, thinking... He could, at the end point of this could be anything, right? It could be that you're a complete monster, that you're the biggest bitch, that you took ketamine on the streets of South Africa, that you are a whoer. Is it true that, you know, any number of things it could be, it could be personal, it could be news related. He goes, is it true that the resistance is building? Ah, oh, beep, beep. 
And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was so, it was a very powerful moment. And I took my shopping. We gave each other a look that said, we're both going to be there. And I left the store. <laughs> Moments like that, I'm telling you. It's why I know our paths are already set. It's why I'm absolutely positive, confident and optimistic. And it's why I'm certain whatever it is I do, whatever we do, if you throw yourself to the path, your path lights up like a runway, not a Japanese runway where obviously there's collisions and fireballs and 400 Asian people jumping off a slide, but a regular runway, your path lights up. Where else, to who else would a boop man on a boop checkout say, we'll be there, the resistance is coming. I love it. Right. I want to play you this clip now. I just went off on that story that I didn't know was coming, but it just came out. So this clip, let's uh, circle to agriculture and farming, which, you know, is my greatest love and um, will always be there for any farmers anywhere. My daughter is one, as many of you know. Oh, I've got a funny story about that, too. <laughs> I shouldn't. Should I share this? Let's make it about a random farm. Farmers get to name their cows on the, um, you know, because there is so much automation, so many robotics in a glorious way. These cows are treated like queens. Well, a farmer I might or might not know has just named one of the cows. <laughs> but the cow is not a good cow. She's incredibly naughty. She doesn't do what she's told. She's rude. She's violent. I mean, she's pretty much me. You know, he could, he could have called her Katie. Like someone out here has got a cat called Katie because she's an obnoxious twat. Well, he's called the cow. See you next Tuesday <laughs> on its official paperwork. <laughs> I think it's marvellous. So the clip I want to play you relates to agriculture. And it's what we're seeing more and more of all over the place, right? Our French farmers, the Dutch farmers, I mean, South African farmers being butchered on their lands, Australian farmers. This is America. This is Pennsylvania. And they are coming for, apparently, and I see this, small farmers that they want ousted off their lands. Now, you'll know that Bill Gates is buying up and has bought up huge swathes. Any land, Gates wants to own it. Part of the crushing of the people will be that we cannot feed ourselves because all land will have been taken by the World Economic Forum. Well, so therefore, lovely little... Uh, little, you know, individuals working with communities, they pay their little money in to the farm and the farm supplies them with baskets of food or boxes of food. And many of our self-sustaining communities here in the UK are doing the same thing, right? You have a farm box, you pay direct to the farmer, the farmer farms organically or beautifully, the money goes straight to the farmer and he puts in that box what he's got that's best that week or what he thinks you can use best that week. It's glorious. Well, this gentleman is called Amos Miller. I think he's a, um, one of the Amish. I might need correction on that. They're raiding these beautiful, small, has anyone else heard about this? Do go on tribe um, and uh, let people know. Let me just look. One of the local farms here has stopped doing raw milk, right? Too much hassle. A real shame. We need more farmers, not less. 
Isn't that true? Raw milk's such a glorious thing. But all of this policing being done deliberately in order to shut down people being able to provide direct to local communities. My daughter actually just birthed a cow last night. I know, a calf. I mean, she didn't give birth to a calf. She birthed the calf with the aid of the cow. Then the cow was the little baby calf, terribly cute, uh, which now I said, can I name it Stephen? She said, yes. Uh, was coming across the yard in a jacket. And I was like, why is the calf wearing your jacket? She said, well, I don't want it to get chilly. Anyway, let's go back to Amos. His property being raided by state troopers in Pennsylvania for spurious reasons and the media not being allowed in to document what was going on. Let's take a listen to Amos Miller's farm being raided. A guy just got there on scene to report. Take a listen to this. This is Chris Hume with the Lancaster Patriot. I'm currently outside of Amos Miller's organic farm operation here in Burdenham, Pennsylvania. There are currently two marked state trooper vehicles here, three other official use vehicles. I attempted to enter the building inside. A state trooper turned me away and said that they are executing a search warrant on Amos Miller's operations here. I have not been able to make contact with Amos Miller yet, but once again, Amos Miller's property here in Burdenham, Pennsylvania, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, law enforcement is once again harassing Amos Miller for serving his neighbors. And here we have a search warrant being executed, not allowing media to enter the building. Stay tuned for this is a developing story. We will have updates as we have a search warrant being executed on Amos Miller's property right now as I speak. Um, and then following up from that, so another reporter out on site uh, was following this in the night at some point, uh, managed to film through the windows of the property, looked at those cooler boxes that staff were taking stuff away. And sorry, when I say staff, I apologise, state troopers. So eight or nine state troopers, they've been there for hours and guests looking for raw stuff, cheese stuff, stuff they can take away and test and say it's not um, you know, meeting whatever standards or whatever quality standards. And all of these morons, these state troopers just standing about inside this place with an arrest warrant and a search warrant. And you're like, seriously, with all that's going on, seriously, seriously, you're on Amos Miller's property who delivers food boxes to a local community at costs they can afford that sustains everybody. And this is where you're focusing your attention, really. And then we're supposed to believe that the world is a fine place and there's no darkness and we're all conspiracy theorists. I mean, please. And these people that say, I'm doing my job. I've had this direct in the face of state troopers often. I'm doing my job or Met Police or British Police. I'm doing my job. No. If you do the work of tyrants, you are one of them. If you do, it's not you're you're not just doing your job because you need to make better choices about your life. If you can't look in a mirror and say your job may be shit, your job may be, you know, stacking shelves or cleaning floors, which I actually think is a great job. Having been a cleaner, you know that that these are purposeful activities that have meaning and earn you an honest income that you can think about your life and what you want to do with it. But if you are out, if you're one of these small men, in fact, if you're on tribe and you're, I mean, you won't be, but if you were, you're one of these people that sits in a car to catch people speeding when they do 32 miles an hour in a 30 zone, get out of tribe, get lost. I don't want you anywhere near me. 
I don't want you in my sights. I don't want to hear from you. I know I say we don't have to disagree, but if you are a spineless moron doing the work of tyrants, get out. Get out, find something else to do and come back when you're a better man. Because you're not a man if you'll do the work of tyrants. I mean that with all my soul. You are the long arm of the tyrant. You are part of the problem. Doesn't mean we all have to be part of the solution, but don't be part of the bloody problem. Anyway, I just wanted to wish out across the ether, you know, all the best to farmers or communities of people who are looking for ways to self-sustain, to not be dependent, to not require stores or other people or other processes who are finding ways to work things out for themselves, because that's the direction we have to be going in. Uh, I wanted to do this one story before we go to the next commercial break, because I love it. And it's funny, funny Friday. And we're not being too serious today because, you know, it's Friday and that's marvellous. Um, here we go. A money hungry pooch was in the doghouse. Oh, get it? See what they did there? Well, writing creativity is not dead, I tell you. A money-hungry pooch was in the doghouse <laughs> for chewing up $4,000 in cash that his owners had left out. See, I knew there was a link. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Same place. Cecil, a golden doodle. Right, has anyone on Tribe got one of these oodle poodle noodle foodles? Oodle poodle noodle foodle? It's always a oodle poodle noodle foodle, isn't it? If there is a dog being a twat, it's always... An oodle poodle noodle foodle. And it is actually just, right, do you own a oodle poodle noodle foodle? Anybody? Because actually, when you think about it, an oodle poodle noodle foodle is actually just a, a mutt, isn't it? It's what we used to call a mongrel because it's a thing that mated with a thing that wasn't supposed to mate with that thing. You know, I've had experiences of that in my life. <laughs> uh, oodle poodle noodle foodle, right? So it's a labradoodle noodle foodle. No, it isn't, is it? It's a mongrel. You're just calling it a labradoodle because then someone can, you know, charge $2,000 for it. Anyway, this oodle poodle noodle foodle, what is it called? A golden doodle. So what's that? A golden retriever and a poodle? Or is it a golden retriever and a labrador poodle? Oodle poodle noodle foodle. Either way, the stupid bloody dog um eight four thousand dollars worth of cash what a retarded animal it's not even going to smell like meat it won't look like meat my elaborate my lions would not eat money i mean they'll eat bloody everything else they'll eat deer that have been dead for at least eight months but not cash um katen and carrie law this is the husband and wife team that own a good little poodle poodle they pieced, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, this is the bit of the story that I needed to share with you. This is why I read this and thought Tribe will get this. Pieced together most of the shredded bills after a smelly search of Cecil. Oh God, they're always called bloody Cecil, aren't they? Oodle doodle foodle meedle. Of Cecil's, of Ce uh, 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 God, no, that's got, that's got me gone. Hold on. <coughs> oh, Katie, it's a golden and a poodle. Absolute mayhem, these dogs. No brains. Um, oh, it says, I've got my, my old, uh, the old gag reflex has been triggered, so I'm struggling now, but I need to get this through. 
I need to get through the story, otherwise you guys will never get it. So, um, droppings and vomit. Uh, so basically, they looked in the dog shit and they waited for it to vomit. No, you know what they did? They stuck their fingers down its throat. And they got most of the money back, pieced it together and took it to the bank. Cecil's eaten $4,000, Clayton yelled to his wife. I almost had a heart attack. So they went through the dog shit. Or did they poke something in the dog to get it back out? You know what I mean? What they call this this couple, Clayton and Carrie. Nice couple on the outside, well-liked by their neighbours, familiar mem faces at the church. I'm making all of that up for effect. And then secretly, because their dog ate their cash, they were like that with a ruler. <laughs> up the dog's ass. <laughs> Shaking the dog like a freaking piggy bank. Give us back our four grand, you twat. <laughs> Squeeze, squeezing the dog. <laughs> Shit it out, you bastard. Okay, I'm okay. So they got it. They put it all together. And then they bloody took it to the bank. Shit covered notes. Like desperate individuals. Where is their price? They probably paid four grand for the bloody mutt in the first place. Suck it up. You buy an oodle doodle food poodle. You deserve all the shit you get. Uh, then get this. Hold on. This was the bit that made me laugh. After piecing together the smelly jigsaw puzzle. Nice writing. Here we go. Only $450 is still missing. Ah, go back and squeeze that little bastard dog a bit higher. <laughs> Open him up. Just open him up. Four grand is enough to buy another one, isn't it? What I quite like, though, is that they had four grand on the side to pay for their... There was a fencing contractor. They agreed him to pay him in cash. I bet you did. <laughs> the revenue will be after you, buggers, followed by the animal protection unit for shoving a bloody ruler up the arse of your oodle-doodle-foodle. Anyway, I felt like that was a very important story with the world and the situation that it is. Um, now, you know, my darlings... Uh, we have to go to a short commercial break. Undoubtedly, we have to have two frigging hours of men telling us things we already know, uh, because that seems to happen a lot in my show. Uh, but go nowhere while it goes on. You can go for a wee. You can make a coffee. You can go and get yourself a whiskey. Uh, but go no further than that. Otherwise, I will hunt you down and poke your eyes out with a blunt spoon. My name is Katie Hopkins. This is TNT Radio. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with, to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts. Reminders of things that make you feel strong. Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. The Kids Cancer Project funds vital research into childhood cancers. 
and you fund the Kids Cancer Project. Funding research means giving children back their lives. And who knows what kids with cancer could grow up to do. The Kids Cancer Project. Survival starts with science. Donate now. The Kids Cancer Project. Thanks for listening and for being a part of the Katie Hopkins Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back, everybody. And thank you so much, everybody, uh, piling into chat today, uh, cheering each other on, checking out uh, people that have been poorly. Sorry if you've been poorly. Hope you're doing better. Oh, someone's just, is that, a, is that a bowl of noodles or scabies? I don't know. Noodle is my code speak for doing naughty things. Um, right. Two stories. One is an educational moment, which we're going to have about derogation. So question to tribe. Do you know what derogation means? I know it's a challenge from me to you. Derogation. Can we please get some good answers, particularly comedic ones, but um, derogation. And quickly, this one, horrified passengers on a BA flight during the travel rush, witnessed a flight attendant die as the plane was taking off. Departing uh, Heathrow Airport, 52-year-old collapsed on the plane, plane doors already locked, passengers sitting in their seat, crew member collapses, drops dead. That's the second, I'm reading this, British Airways flight attendant to die in recent weeks. Another crew member, 52, died on December the 23rd, found dead in his hotel room after he failed to show up for work. Here we go. Crew are frantic. These were two healthy people who suddenly dropped dead. There were no reported underlying health conditions. I'm asking you, how much longer, how much longer can they hold their silence? Because let me tell you, it's not going to be much longer. What are we at with my excess deaths? Let's have a quick peek together. We have to rushy rush rush. Um, excess deaths viewing. I say this, as you know, on my Twitter, because uh, it's, it's a sign people, that people are, we are, it's change is happening. This is the year. I'm telling you. I mean, I can't work Twitter anymore, but you know, not to worry. I'm sure it'll come to me. Here we go. Uh, 1.3 million people having viewed the uh, my thing on excess deaths, where I'm threatening to name my former bosses at The Sun, Mail Online, managing editors. I'm going to call them out one by one unless they start printing the stories of excess deaths. So we'll see what comes into the paper next week. Otherwise, I begin. Um, derogation. Quickly, let's see. What did Tribe come up with? Did anyone answer my question? See, this is what happens on Tribe. Tribe just pretty much does its own thing. And it doesn't answer my questions at all. Uh, this year is going to be epic rechange. I know. Going back to your excess deaths. Yes, exactly. Uh, the jabbers are dropping like flies. They really are. And, it, you know, there's just no joy in that. I know there's sort of this moment of like, yeah, we tried to tell you. But overall, you know what I mean? Our job now, I really believe this, and I push this to you, 
is, you know, let's bring them with us, bring them. The people are scared now. People are terrified. People that had seven jabs and boosters. I know you can say we tried to tell them, doesn't matter. Now is an opportunity to bring them with us, to wish them well. Uh, people that work in, you know, caring and wellness, you know, what can people do to best look after themselves? Our job now surely is to help people. Huh? Right. Um, we don't, come on. Did anyone know what? Right. Uh, literally. I'm going to have a sock. Derogation. Here we go. I'm going to make you interested if it kills you. So you know that our doctors are on strike because they're idiots. I love that it's been raining because they're if they're outside on the picket line, they're getting piss wet through. Good. Suck it up. British Medical Association and politicians. The trust completely broken down. So when there's a strike, there's this thing where if there is a critical national emergency, there would be an agreement that the doctors would stop their strikes and come back to work. And way back in 2015, the question was posed by the government. If there's an emergency, would the junior doctors call off their strike? This was after the Paris terror attacks and there was a doctor strike and the government were worried that if there was a terror attack here, those striking bastards wouldn't come back to work. I think there's some very rabid people in the junior doctors committee who would not call off the strike. So that was back in 2015, the government were asserting that they believed that even in a terror attack, that the strike would not be called off. There's this thing called derogation, which is basically this, this idea that if a hospital says, look, we really, we know you're on strike, but we need you, please come back. The doctors say, okay, we'll come back or provide the individuals required because it's a national situation. Well, that has happened in the last couple of hours here in the UK, the last 24 hours. Some hospitals have said, this is a derogation matter. We need some of these striking doctors to come back because this is now critical and they have refused. So interesting things at work, power play, politics, politicians being able to go to the media and say, look, this was a critical moment and they still wouldn't come back. And there's also this thing that doctors hate it. Junior doctors hate the title junior doctors more than anything else. They hate the idea that they're not real doctors yet. And elderly people on wards, um, just here we are, um, they hate it because it taps into a particular insecurity that some doctors have about not being real doctors because it's a comment sometimes thrown at them by patients who think they look too young or question their authority to make decisions or stick needles into them. And because politicians you know that that is an insecurity. Uh, recently, there was a interview where a politician said, oh, these doctors in training, throwing it away because they're tapping into the insecurity of junior doctors who are annoyed that they don't feel like they're taken seriously enough. Look, whatever, whatever. All I know is that I want those bastards to get back to work. All I know as well is just to pre-warn you if you're listening and you're one of the Exeter doctors on strike. I am coming to your picket lines today and I have a few things to say to you directly uh, and I will be doing that. So prepare yourself. I suggest at around 10 o'clock this morning, I will be on your picket lines. And what I have to say is probably not the sort of thing that you want to hear. But I think uh, a menopausal old hag like myself, whose father is waiting to have a cancer removed, that you won't go into the wards and remove, despite the fact that it could be a life-ending situation for my own father. It's time that I came and spoke with you personally one-on-one. -on -one. 
So stand by your beds, you drooping excuses for human beings. Get your asses back into the wards. Get doing what you should be doing. It doesn't matter so much about my dad, but I do care about other people as well. But I am coming your way and I won't be wearing this lobster shirt. I'll be wearing my particularly angry face. Right. <sighs> my friend has a shit poo. <laughs> so if I do that, that swerve, please know that I was just reading from Tribe. I didn't just like pluck that out of my ass. But anyway, linked. My friend has a shit poo. A shit poo. Wait, a shit poo. That's a shit zoo and a cockapoo, is it? A shit zoo and a cockapoo. Yes, that must be. <laughs> a shit poo. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Now, I have to say something, my darlings, important. So important that I actually made notes. No, look, I make notes. Look, look at all my notes. Look, if you're watching, look how many we are on tribe. So don't be don't be alarmed. A uh, couple of things to say. Criminal neglect, criminal neglect, Katie. Yeah, absolutely. Not not Maria. Uh, the way I've treated my own face, although that is criminal neglect as well. Uh, but these striking assholes, they're going to get a piece of my mind in about an hour's time. Um, I've come to a serious bit. I know it's funny, Fanny Friday. <laughs> and clearly, look, I'm not Terry Wogan, am I? He was brilliant. Have you listened to Terry Wogan doing the floral dance? <gasps> oh, such joy. I should have got another snippet. I've played it on the show before, haven't I? Um, and I know I've only been here at TNT for the briefest of moments, haven't I? I've been here but a moment in time. Uh, and don't fear, because we're all everybody's friends and there's no, not even a thing. There's not a rift. There's not a situation. <laughs> there's, wait a minute, worst job I ever had. Picking lobsters out of Jane Mansfield asshole. Okay, tribe has taken a turn. There are often times that I think my brain is a little bit woo-woo, you know. But there are members of tribe right there today whose brains are even more woo-woo. I always say, don't I, that we're all on a spectrum. Some people are more on the spectrum than others. <laughs> Anyway, whoever's been doing anything, picking anyone thing out of people's asses, well done. Keep doing that. So here's my thing, my darlings, that I need to talk to you about in a serious moment of time. Not that serious. My Wi-Fi, you know what, here at HQ. We've been through it together, haven't we? And um, we've tried everything. Uh, and it's not really delivering for TNT in vision. And what a vision we are today, huh? Lobsters and pearls. If it wasn't for being in vision, you wouldn't be able to see this thing of beauty. <laughs> First thing in the morning. Someone's laughing on chat. <laughs> um, and you'll know that we've tried really hard here, haven't we? I sit here daily, don't I, with the router literally up my ass. Like I can, I can oh, touch it from where I am. Like it's just there. We had start, what's it called? Elon Musk. We had Elon Musk on my rooftop. I mean, I can but dream. Uh, Elon Musk on my rooftop trying to, what did we try and fit? Stargazer? Was it called? Star Blaster? Starlink. That's it. Starlink. We tried that. I've got every gadget going. Go local. Look here. Let me reach across even. This is how close I am to the gadgetry. Huh? Go local. That's supposed to provide connectivity. Does it? Does it hell? And we've tried everything. Uh, but still, we've tried bribing local farmers. True story. 
our lovely local farmers that allowed a vaccine center to be built on a shit bit of land that they have in order that they got fiber wi-fi which actually is genius move and it gets them planning permission for a brilliant new restaurant that's going to allow them to serve their uh, farm stock direct in the restaurant so it's actually all in a great cause i love them uh, we're trying to get them to allow me to be on their land with their fiber wi-fi i i did offer to set up in the vaccine center can you imagine <laughs> And you'll also know, darlings, that I moved here a long time ago in order to separate myself from my family because I don't actually exist here. I don't have a name here. Um, this is all under something else. Uh, the children all have different names. And by being kind of out in the middle of nowhere, uh, it allowed my family uh, a perceived safety while I took myself off on the road in America to kind of take the problems of me being eviscerated with me and allow my children the opportunity to have something that I felt was safety. So there is a reason I live where I live in the back end of nowhere. But what it does mean is this show is not, uh, we're not able to continue with it because of the Wi-Fi situation. We don't have enough Wi-Fi for us to be able to work with TNT vision. So what I need to tell you, my darlings, is, you know, we have to press pause on the Katie Hopkins show for a moment in time. You know, like those old tape recorders. Last time I was being interviewed by police, they had one of these where, you know, if you pressed record and play together, <laughs> it was only the last few years as well, uh, record and play together, that was record. And then there was this really satisfying pause button, you know, and you press the pause button. And it made it nice click. And then when you wanted to lift the pause, you just pressed it again. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? That's what we're doing to this show. We have to press pause on the Katie Hopkins show because of my Wi-Fi situation. It's not because the show's crap, because obviously it's terrific. And But it's also because I can't do small conversations about Wi-Fi anymore. You know, I'll go off, I'll go off on one. Uh, because life is big and I have to be big. And small conversations about Wi-Fi do my tits in. So I would rather press pause, find some Wi-Fi and come back to you. But, you know, this is not the end, my darlings. Uh, I want you to know this is just a pause. I want to say thank you to all of you, to my darlings in studio, uh, to beautiful Adam who sorts our clips out, to the fabulous Murray, to the new boy in studio, Anoop, who I love with all my soul. Um, thank you, thank you to Tribe. Look at all of you, big numbers. Um, and thank you for being there. I just adore all of you. I will see you somewhere on the road. Do go to Silly Cow. I expect to see you guys turn up on the road in 2024. I'll always be on the road somewhere. And 2024 is going to be our year. This is the year you feel change happen. So in no way feel downhearted. Uh, you are not alone, my darlings. We are many and we are stronger together. And I will always be here somewhere amongst you. If you feel a dark shadow at your shoulder, it will be me. And do remember, my darlings, if you leave TNT, I will break your legs. My name is Katie Hopkins and this is TNT Radio.